Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. So I I think what's interesting to people is that in modern society, we're always going, 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 that life moves at a breakneck pace. And with the pandemic, I think we've realized that maybe there's a different way. Maybe that life looks a little bit simpler because it means we follow our passions, spend time with our families and loved ones and and do what matters to us. So whether it's in a tiny house or whatever your version of simple living is, uh, you're able to craft a life that is more intentional and better purpose built to you. And that could be through entrepreneurship, through aggressive financial tactics, or just thinking critically about the life you want to lead. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Come to Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. 
Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Hi, this is Elton John here. Throughout my U.S. tour last year, we heard from thousands of fans that financial security and financial planning are hugely important to them. So important that David and I are continuing this vital conversation into 2023. Together with the Alliance for Lifetime Income, I'm spreading the word about the importance of protected income, which is money you're guaranteed to get. Like me, I'm sure you have big plans for your next chapter. Protected income from an annuity helps ensure you have all your bases covered so you can have the financial freedom to tick off your bucket list. The first step is to decide what's on your bucket list. Then meet with your financial advisor to ask if you have protected income and get their help making a plan that fits your unique financial goals. Join me and my friends at the Alliance for Lifetime Income. Together, we can help make financial freedom in retirement a reality for more Americans, starting with you. Go to protectedincome.org today. Welcome, welcome back to the show. It is so, so good to have you here. Okay, I've got a question for you. Are you letting life dictate what goals you can achieve, or are you cultivating a life that can support your goals? If you fall into the former, just know you are so not alone. This is most of us. Life just has a way of of happening and unfolding, and we have these goals, but for some reason, we're just not getting any closer to them. That's why I think you're going to really love our guest today on the pod. So living in only 150 square feet for years, Ryan Mitchell has learned a thing or two about this idea of living simply. From downsizing to life simplification and designing a life that's right for you, Ryan brings a lot of experience and practical knowledge to the table. And get this, he built his own tiny house in 2012, and he uses what he learned to inspire you and everyone else to cultivate this journey of living simply. He still lives in this tiny house, which is off the grid with solar, and he teaches others how to live simply as well. We talk about what does it mean to live simply? Why does this matter? And how it might be the missing piece to you achieving all the stuff you want in life. So, so excited for you to hear this one. I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money. Let's get into the conversation. We've got a lot to talk about, and I I wanted to just start out getting your opinion. I mean, I, I think we all know why this has happened, but specifically because you've crafted a life living very simplistically. Like, What do you think has motivated people over the last, in particular, like year and a half to really quit their jobs and just reevaluate how they want to live their life. Yeah. I, I mean, I think simple living has always been an interest of modern life, right? Everyone is going faster and faster, getting more complicated and feels like they're always behind. And so I, I think there's always a draw to people who want to live more simply but, you know, in the past year and a half, I think we've we've had to slow down for, you know, reasons such as like a pandemic. <laughs> and we found ourselves at home spending time with the people that presumably we care about. Uh, and 
you know, for, for parents, that means they're spending more time with their kids for couples. That means they're spending more time with their, you know, their spouse or significant other, uh, things like that. And I think it brought into focus what is really important and maybe what is less important. And then I, I think just slowing down gives us the bandwidth to stop and think and consider the life uh, that we've built and where we're at. And I, I think that's the big advantage that we've had over the past year and a half or so. And it's really interesting because at the beginning of the pandemic, everybody was freaking out because life was going to change. And then now everybody's freaking out because we don't want to go back to the way life was before <laughs> necessarily. So it's like this really interesting uh, parallel that that has happened. Yeah, it, it's surprising how how adaptable humans are. And I, I think it also kind of showed us the light, right? Like this is what could be, or at least a glimmer of what could be. Uh, and then I think also there's a lot of people who it just, it hit critical mass or pushed them over the edge to where they were like enough, right? Like this yeah. is not okay. Um, or I want something better. Uh, or uh, if, you know, let's say my employment isn't secure or it's, it's not a, a healthy relationship, like then I got to do something about it. So yeah, I, I think there's just been a lot of change that's happened with that. And we're going to do a deep dive into your story in just a bit, but mm -hmm. just to start out, I'd love for you to lay the landscape a little bit of what, like, what is living simply about? Why is it so powerful? Yeah. So I, I think traditionally what we've all come to kind of expect or live out is we kind of follow the standard narrative and that narrative is prescribed by you know, culture in general. And for a long time, I think it reinforced, it, it was reinforced because if you did these things, you would generally have a quote unquote successful life where you could look back and say like, you know, good job. Like I have the things that I like, I, I have a good life, but I think that's changed. Uh, so, you know, the typical thing was go to school, do well in school, you know, graduate, go to college, get your degree. That degree gets you a good job. You work hard at your job and, and you stay loyal to the company. And you're going to uh, work for a while. You're going to have a nice house, you know, get married, 2.5 kids, white picket fence, you know, midway through <laughs> by yourself, you know, a, a fancy red car. And then you're going to retire at 65 with a nice pension. That is the world that our parents and our grandparents lived. And it was one that I quickly realized wasn't the reality when I stepped out of my master's program back in 2009. And it, whether, uh, you know, there's different ways to go about it, but I, I think the strength of this is we can question and take a moment to step back and question what's right for us. And I think that that, just that, that introspective nature or process is going to produce a much better result for uh, everyone involved. And it may be that you stay on that standard path, but at least it's a path you've chosen. So yeah I, I, yeah, I think generally it's about living intentionally and choosing the path you want to lead. And I think what you're sharing is so fascinating because as humans, like we just, 
we just get in the flow of living life and yep. we don't take that time to step back and say, am I living intentionally or what actually is my vision for life? Right. And it, it's almost like, it's almost like it's so easy. And yet I don't know how you feel, but it, it's, it's actually a hard exercise to do because you have to really look at your life from a different perspective. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, I think it's a combination of modern life is so fast that we don't have a moment to think. And that also uh, the you call it the system, the culture, whatever you want is designed from the ground up to be optimized, to not let you think um, so that, you know, a company or a product or a service or something like that can prosper um, to their benefit with, you know, kind of yeah. drawing you in, right? Like that's the whole thing. If uh, people thought a little bit more, uh, they say maybe that isn't right for me, or 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 they might, but at least they've chosen. I like that. I like the idea of of having choice. It's so mm-hmm. important. And I want to talk a little bit about quitting your job or retiring early or whatever that might look like for whoever is listening. I know you have you have your own story. I recently did an episode where I had a guest who was an expert on taking career breaks, taking mm-hmm. a career break. And I got a lot of pushback actually from people saying, okay, but that actually isn't feasible for for most people. And I'm just curious what your thoughts are. The idea of transforming your life that way, if you decide that you want to live a different version of life, or maybe you want to quit your job for a while or whatever that might be. I mean, is that feasible or is that more of just a fantasy for most of us? Mm, yeah. Well, I, I think predictably my answer is it is feasible, but then let me kind of phrase it this way. Like what is the cost of not doing that? Right. Yeah. The, the cost could be, all right, you're going to get to 65. You're going to retire. You're going to be estranged from your, fa- your whole family. You're going to be in debt. And you're, you know, you'll be so stressed out, you're going to retire the next day, you're going to drop dead of a heart attack. So if that is the cost of a traditional path, I don't know that I'm willing to pay that price. So then to flip it, it's like, I need to figure it out because I'm not willing to pay that price. So I might be willing to pay a a different price. I need to figure out what that price is. Uh, But I I think you kind of have to. So how do you then work the money side around that? If you if you're figuring out, okay, I don't think this is working for me, like how do we get our money to come come around that and support whatever the new vision is? Yeah. So I think how I did it and a little bit of back my background was initially I was in HR, traditional job career. And I started a side project to basically facilitate me to to earn a living um, to be self-employed. Now, I don't think you need to be self-employed, but I think it's one option to. Uh, and for me, the, the tack that I took, at least initially, was, okay, I'm going to reduce my expenses dramatically as much as I can, right? I'm going to make expenditures and have plays, I guess you'd say, yeah. that would reduce my overhead costs in some ways. And we'll talk about that with tiny houses and then um, solar and things like that. 
And then from there, um, looking at, you know, okay, so now we, we've reduced our financial burden ongoing. Then we get out of debt, you know, standard playbook here. A- and then from there, it was focusing on increasing income. Uh, so I, I think it has to be a mix of those things. Um, and then once you increase your income to a place where you you can live comfortably, you need to make it, uh, you know, s- save up money, expand your uh, kind of rainy day fund, make sure you have a good runway. And then at some point you have to very intentionally make that leap to whatever that new life is. It could be entrepreneurship. It could be a, a new job, uh, whatever that is. At some point you have to make the switch. And then from there, I started looking at ways that I could not only earn more, but how could I diversify my income to help bring resiliency to my my system so that right. I, I was not beholden to one income source, uh, that as the, the economy flexed and moved, uh, that I wasn't, you know, just like, you know, winning or, or losing based off of like the stock market or something yeah. like that. <laughs> um, so those were some of the things that I did uh kind of when I first started out and we can get into more details if you have questions on that. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk everything about, about tiny house because no, you live in a, I believe it's a 150 square foot tiny house, mm-hmm. yes. which is pretty tiny. Yes. I, I, I love the idea of tiny house. I mean, I'm like addicted to all the shows about tiny house, tiny house builders. I mean, mm-hmm. everything, it's really interesting to me and, and I don't know practically you know, as I look around at all my stuff, it's like, oh, I got a lot of stuff. Like, do yep. I need all this stuff? So how did you decide that a tiny house was at least going to be kind of your, your, you know, first step foray into this life? Yeah. So I, I like to point out that, like, I, I really don't advocate so much for tiny houses. I like tiny houses, but what I do advocate for is like you being conscious and intentional with the way that you're housing, uh, how you approach housing and the costs associated with that, because that's typically one of the largest line item expenses. And so to kind of roll it back when I uh, was out of graduate school uh, the 2009, the economy tanked. And I, I, I remember looking at my budget and realizing about half my income was going towards uh, rent, utilities, insurance, maintenance, things like that. And so I said, crazy question, what can I do to eliminate that line item? And if, if I, I knew if I could do it, I would regain essentially half my income. Uh, which yeah. meant that I could save for a rainy day. I could be a little bit more aggressive with like, you know, entrepreneurial activities or whatever. So um, when it comes to tiny houses, it may not be right for you, but what I, I encourage people to do is think about your housing situation, get realistic on the possessions that you have, because a lot of times you don't own the possessions, the possessions own you. And they do that through cluttering your house. They do that through debt. Um, they do that through your obsession of shopping and things like that. So I don't hate things. I just have a, a healthy <laughs> relationship with things. Uh, there's things that I buy that I 
really enjoy. And then I've just kind of deprogrammed myself to not always be buying and buying like I used to. And like a lot of people do. So, yeah, I mean, a tiny house is probably not right for most people, but maybe a small home is, or uh, a, a method that you can, you know, reduce your things. It could be a little bit nicer apart or less nicer apartment for right now. It could be going a little bit more rural and having remote work. Um, it could be building your own house. It could be, you know, there's a, a few things you can do, but like the housing was a big thing for me uh, because it reduced my expenses from about $1,500 a month is what I was running back then down to 15 dollars a month. Wow. And I mean, that's life changing money for someone at that stage of my career, right? Like I could work one hour at McDonald's right now and pay for what it costs me to live in my house. Um, so yeah, when you do things like that, you make those big plays, you're suddenly changing the whole game and you're, you're changing it to your your advantage and it's not that you have to do that forever uh, but you can main make huge gains and get out of like that vicious cycle where you're trapped in debt and continuous bills and things like that um, and it you basically gain escape velocity out of those places and then you're in a better place and then maybe later on and this is kind of my story is the tiny house is a stepping stone so now I'm, I'm basically saving up to buy a, a house, a, a traditional sized house, I guess you could say, with cash. Um, so I'm taking a 30-year mortgage and I'm basically distilling it down to three years of payments. Uh, so those are some of the yeah. things that I think about. I'm sorry, but I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust. She is a mini golden mountain doodle full of life, and I would do just about anything to keep her happy, healthy, and safe. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family and you want to do the best for them, but vet bills can really add up. We jokingly keep telling Winnie she needs to get a job to pay for her vet bill. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customized accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping to ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independent American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer, is not engaged in the business of insurance. Okay, friend, I want to know. 
what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-T-M for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works you sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. 
Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. Walk us through a little bit of of that mindset shift to like, I mean, I feel like because life is so fast paced and maybe even if somebody listening here knows that they're spending so much money on stuff and on their housing, whatever that might be, Mm -hmm. what is like the mindset that has to kind of come along in order for you to just be like, okay, yeah, I need to make a change. And I like, I'm going to make that change. Like, I feel like there needs to be like a shift that almost happens there. Yeah. I think that for the people that have done it, and I've thought about a lot about this because it's it's nuanced and I, it's difficult to put your finger on, right? So what I find is the, the commonality of people who make the shift versus people who just talk about making this shift is there's usually some kind of big event that's mm-hmm. typically, uh, it's usually kind of tragic. So it's usually like a job loss. Um, a death in the family, someone close to you dies, um, some significant recession can help, you know, be that, that trigger. And you need to get to the point where you're basically saying like, you know, I don't have a choice and, um, or like, I'm not going to take this anymore and I'm just going to figure it out because I think, all the things that we're talking about is especially when it comes to money, right? <clears throat> we're what we're basically doing is we're delaying gratification sometimes for years. For me, it was you know years and years before I could actually start to build a tiny house and then see that impact. So w- we need some motivation that's going to sustain us for a very long time as we delay gratification in things like money and spending and sometimes even social stuff or status symbols, things like that. So that's the best answer that I've come up with on like, yeah, you know, how people go about that. Right. It's almost like, it's almost like you reset things, right? Like you hit the reset button Mm -hmm. and you made these intentional choices. And then now you're choosing to, live life, you know, going back into a house or whatever that might be, but you're doing it now on your terms from like a better footing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, that's really cool. And whoever's listening, you can, what you're saying, Ryan, right. Is like, take your interpretation of this, Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like in your life, this is your story, but take that and, and work it to however it can best fit in your own life, which I think is you know, sometimes we miss that when somebody's telling their story, but mm-hmm. it's it's particularly when it comes to to money and, and changing things. I think it's a really important message. Yeah, I, I I say that like tiny house. Like if if you listen to me about tiny houses and you think it's about the house, you've missed the point. Tiny house is a tool, and I have a box of tools, a toolbox, if you will, of different things, levers that I can pull, strategies that I can employ to achieve certain goals. Um, and so tiny houses is one of them. Budgeting is another, you know, 
delaying gratification and discipline is another. All these tools in our toolbox we can leverage to build a life towards the goal that we've assembled as the, the ultimate goal for ourselves. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Talking about money is hard. You know this already. All over the world, people are taught to never talk about money, politics, sex, or religion in polite company. On 50 Fires, a podcast about money and meeting from executive producers Chip and Joanna Gaines, host and financial conversationalist Carl Richards will remove money from that list by having frank, funny, and often difficult conversations about money, the kind we're all told not to have, with guests from all walks of life. In each episode, Carl will invite a new guest to answer the question, what does money mean to you? Their answers will reveal much more than their attitudes about money, spanning revelations about identity, community, faith, family, and the true meaning of wealth. Tune in to hear deep conversations about money and the meaning it holds in our lives. You can find 50 Fires on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Mm, I like that. I always talk about having it a toolkit mm -hmm. and using these tools and you pull out the tool when you, when you need it. And I think that's a really great way to, to approach money. 
Um, and it, it makes it tangible. I think it makes it more, more tangible. Uh, you mentioned solar. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on solar. I'm somehow like suddenly becoming a geek with, with solar. <laughs> yeah. But is so, that, is that like another tool in your toolkit? Yeah. I, I mean, maybe you could say like the mindset is like to identify large costs and knock them down like creatively. So the first one for me was housing. That was about 50% of my budget at that time. So I said, how do I just get this out of my, you know, remove this line item or reduce it so drastically? Uh, Tiny house was that answer. Then I looked at my next big bills and I said, are there creative ways that I could address these? And, you know, some of them you, you can't get around. You have to think creatively because I think people will say like, of like, of course, you're going to have a bill for your house. Like, how else would you like that? That seems crazy. But I figured out a way. Then I looked at some of my other budgets, uh, next, like largest budget items. And I was like, okay, well, utilities is a certain cost. And what I figured out was, hey, if I get solar, um, yes, there's an upfront cost, but then there's no cost after that. So I took my 120 ish dollar power bill every month and reduced it to zero. I haven't paid a power bill in years. So, okay, we took my traditionally what a mortgage would be from $1,500 to $15. We took $120 a month of a utility bill down to zero. Uh, my water bill, I figured out that I could do gray water. And then that bill went from like $50. Uh, and since I did gray water, the city was willing to remove the sewage basically the you use the water and you have to pay to return it so i i got them to remove that half of the bill which is actually the largest bill so that went from like 30 bucks 40 bucks something like that down to four dollars a month um (laughs) so like i'm i'm looking at knocking down the biggest expenses on my budget and and you know the common wisdom is like hey you know stop drinking lattes and don't eat avocado toast like that's not gonna move the needle not helpful not helpful no (laughs) um and honestly like what i would encourage people obviously like you should have a budget you should be judicious about your spending but uh, i'd rather you change jobs and get a 20 percent income bump than you know try to cut out lattes because a 20 percent income bump compounded you know three or four times over a decade uh, would be huge. And it's, you know, no amount of cutting out lattes is going to replace that. So just think critically about this stuff. And your message also isn't about not having any fun in life, right? It's it's about looking at some of these key areas and, and making this kind of conscious, very intentional choice about your life, but still balancing that with, I'm still going to live. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, um, Part of it is like reprioritizing things. So, um, you know, where some people may like go to a club and get bottle service or something like that. Instead, you know, you can kind of shift that to like, hey, I'm going to uh, buy a bottle of wine and go over to a friend's house or or something like that. Uh, It may be um, just saying like, hey, I don't need to shop as much. Uh, because it really doesn't matter to me. Maybe I was doing all that to look on trend for other people. Doesn't matter so much. Um, 
so yeah, I, I think you just need to think about those types of things. So what is it like to be featured in some really like big news outlets just for choosing to live your life on your terms? What is that like? Yeah, it's, um, it, it was a little weird, right? I remember <laughs> there was a point like when I knew like things had really changed was I was at a conference and I literally had Wall Street Journal, NPR, Associated Press, and like BBC in a line waiting to talk to me. <laughs> like they were waiting for me to get to them. And I was like, wow. what? Okay, this is crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's an oddity that people are are kind of fascinated by. Um, it's weird for me now because like it's just my house. And even though it's 150 square feet, interestingly enough, it's one of the more comfortable houses that I've ever lived in because it's designed for me uh, from the ground up. Whereas most houses, they're not very well designed. They don't use very good materials. It's like the cheapest possible you can make. And, um, you know, just from the ground up, it just doesn't feel quite right. They, they make up a lack of design with more square footage, which is a poor substitute. (laughs) I agree. Yeah. So what do you think like fascinated all these news outlets so much? Is it just that like somebody actually said, I'm going to live a different way of life and then went out and did it is, do you think that's the the fascination? Um, I mean, part of it is just like, it's an extreme, right? Like living under 50 square feet is, is an extreme. So that, you know, the media, traditional media specifically loves catchy headlines and things like that. So that's helpful. Um, I think also like the fact that people do consistently generation to generation want to live more simply. And I think that's further being exacerbated each generation. Um, So I I think there's, there's that element to it. Um, But yeah, yeah, that's why I can think of. Yeah. So you, you shared so many amazing sort of takeaways, but I'm curious, like if you had to, you know, sum up uh, like money lessons that you've learned during this, this time period, mm-hmm. what would some of those be that, that maybe would be helpful to us listening? Yeah. Um, so the first one that comes to mind is like Murphy is a, a cruel mistress. I don't know if Murphy is male or female, you know, like Murphy's law. If something can right. go wrong, it will go wrong. Um, so there's been times where I'll be like really tempted to like, let's say pay off like the last little bit of debt. But I said, okay, you know, what is the financially prudent thing here? It's like, okay, um, what, what level do I need to get at to pay off that debt and then also be financially squared away for a disaster? And I think early on, I was like so excited about paying off the debt. I, I paid off the debt in full. Uh, like my student loan. And then I was like, let's say uh, I had two of my tires get blown out of my car and I had to <laughs> redo the brakes and it was like $1,500. So it's like, Oh, I just paid all that money, which is good. I'm out of debt on that. But then like, it kind of left me a little lean. Um, so yeah, I, I would say like, you want to pay off debt, but you also want to be able to pay off debt while having the bandwidth 
uh, to weather a pretty severe storm, whether that's a medical bill, a car payment, like your AC breaking or your roof going bad, something like that. So that that was one tip with that. Um, I mean, there's other people that do a lot of investment stuff. I I really haven't done much like real estate investment or portfolio investment kind of stuff. What I found was that um, betting on myself, I was able to get much better returns on on my money. So, for example, in an effort to diversify my income, I invested about $20,000 in a co-working space. And uh, within 26 months, I took that $20,000, earned it back. Then I was also earning a steady five-figure income off of it. And then I sold that business 26 months after I started it for six figures. And I don't know what the exact percentage of return on that is, but it's way better than I could ever do in the stock market. Um, So, yeah, I I think um, if you want to do traditional investing, talk to other people. Uh, but don't also discount uh, your ability to generate returns on money as well. Such a great message, really. Uh, so where do you think, you you kind of mentioned that you thought that the, the tiny, simplistic, minimalist movement is going to keep going. Like, where do you think it's it's going to go from here? Are we Are we all sort of pushing in that direction? Or do you think there'll be a pullback or... Yeah. I mean, it's an ebb and flow always, but I think we're at an interesting point now where we're going to see, and I don't know that it's going to be a, a large movement, but it's definitely happening. But the rural fo- ruralification, is that a word? Um, we'll sure. It sounds yeah. good. <laughs> ruralification of, of folks uh, because now people are more willing to be remote and companies are more willing to be remote. I would say if you're listening to this now and you haven't changed your job in like two, maybe three years, um, you absolutely should be looking, even if it's just to land a remote job, because then you could move to a lower cost of living. You could stay in the same job and maybe do a side hustle with the time that you you were using to commute, things like that. Um, Or just like have a little bit simpler life by, by not having to go in an office and dressing up and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I think we're going to see a trend to that. And in that, uh, you know, rural life is a little bit simpler. Working from home is a little bit simpler. And I think we're in this, this interesting inflection point where a lot more people are going to be working from home, potentially from, you know, going from city to suburbia or sub- suburbia to rural. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Ryan, this has been, so fascinating. I, I would love for you to tell everyone listening where they can find you and connect with you. Yeah. So uh, my main website is thetinylife.com. And we have a whole bunch of articles on there. Um, one of them is about like how to quit your job and build a life that's right for you. Uh, that's a post. We got tons of, there's 1,500 posts on the site, but that's one that I thought might be uh, good for your audience. Uh, but generally, the the website is thetinylife.com. Okay, so what do you think? What did you think about Ryan's story? I think it's it's really interesting. And I get that moving to a tiny house and downsizing the way Ryan has done might not 
exactly be your idea of a good life. So I hope you take away the concept from what Ryan is talking about and then see how you can impart this idea of living more simply in your own life. I know that I've done this several times in my life and I've done this recently as I'm planning to move across the country and just thinking about what do I want my space to be about? What do I want my life to be about? What do I want my my money to be about? And so I think really thinking about these things, it changes the conversation and can potentially, no, I think it does change your relationship with money because you feel more in control. Like Ryan said, this is the life I want to create. And then he just, he did it. He created it. And I think his story is just so, so fascinating. Hey, if you love this episode, the biggest compliment you can pay me is to share it with a few friends right now. Tell them about Ryan's story and tell them why they need to listen to this episode. You can head to the show notes for links to our guest as well as our sponsors. And I'll see you right back here in the same place in a few days for a brand new episode. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.